writers around the world. I am immensely grateful to the Lord for you all, our cherished online family. Yes, we are grateful to be part of your week. And just a reminder that in a few days, James Coates will be here preaching at Mission and his wife, Erin, along with Bree, are hosting a women's breakfast open invite for all the ladies. Only a few spots left, so sign up at the link in the episode description below. And we've got a fun one today. <laughs> yeah, this is a good one, I think, for the guys. And the gals. I'm just saying, I think, guys, I think we, we feel more pressure on V-Day than you guys How do. so? Because it's culturally assumed that we're celebrating you. And nobody better give me all the politically incorrect woke stuff. You line up 100 real guys and 9 out of 10 are going to say the pressure's on us. I'm telling you. Maybe, but I think it's more than you think. Because I'd say 9 out of 10 women will tell you Mm. if hubby is leading her spiritually and providing for the family, Mm. one holiday is not a make or break Mm. at all. Okay, we're going to take a poll. Okay. IG, I'm putting it out there. Guys, help me out on this one. And we will see. Okay, regardless. (laughs) We're agreed on the fact this is a cultural holiday with a really odd history. And though there is nothing wrong with celebrating our love for one another, in fact, as Christians, that's okay. We have to keep this in perspective. And that's what we'll try to do today. Sharing where Valentine's originated, a few biblical reflections, and then practical ways to enjoy it more. Whether you're married or single. And next week, by the way, very special episode, Granger and Amber Smith will be on. And this one will get you. Granger was a platinum selling country star, his wife Amber, a beautiful family that endured a heartbreaking loss. And so we will discuss all of that along with God's marvelous grace and the next big step in their life. Amen. You ready, my love? Yes. Aaron, ready? Seatbelts on, trade tables up, hacking the hallmark out of V-Day. Go. You never knew that you would be you know, podcast famous just for coming on uh, date night with the wood, but here we are. You're famous for your muscles, man, not <laughs> podcast. Are you making paleo stuff? Of course. Ah. What? You can go for it? No, I want to eat. I want to be a man. You go for it. Just bring my probiotics. <laughs> How difficult is marriage? Very. That's why we do the pod. Yeah, marriage is a covenant saying I exist for someone else now. They're saying this isn't daddy's fate. This isn't mommy's fate. This is me. All right, my love. It hit me a few days ago that I do not know get this, where Valentine's Day came from. Me neither. Do you? No. And it's weird. All this time, money, focus, annual holiday, and I have no idea why or when. And I realized here I am going with the flow, celebrating a holiday, and I have no idea about the why or the what. I can't recall you ever being a big Valentine's Day fan though. I mean, especially mm-hmm. even be since saved. No, ever before that, right? I don't think If I was, so. it was because I just wanted to win you. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this is the reason why. I researched the history And I will try to keep this short, but I think this is enlightening and could help couples, so date nighters out there listening, try to find a consensus on where you're going to rank or continue to rank Valentine's on your priority list. Sounds good. Okay, so disclaimer here. This is lightly sourced and very general, okay? But like most holidays, there is a pagan origin point to Valentine's, which just means that eventually the expansion of westernized Christianity sanitized what was a seasonal holiday that was pre-Christian. And there was a Roman festival in mid-February called Lupercalia, and in quote, to spread health and boost fertility, and there were sexual overtones to it. And without going into details, because it's kind of weird, the idea was women of childbearing age who were struck by men throwing bloody goatskins, I have no idea why they're throwing bloody goatskins, would increase their chance of having a baby. So weird. (laughs) I know. So obviously, like most holidays here in the West, the Christian era sanitized the day And then there's a story early on about a martyr named Valentinus 
who was captured and sentenced to death while helping Christians escape Roman persecution. And before his execution, he supposedly prayed and healed a blind girl named Julia, whose family got converted. But the next day, Emperor Gothicus beheaded Valentinus. And most tales say that he wrote the very first Valentine because he actually wrote to her and signed it, Your Valentine. So That's really, really <laughs> creepy. What's, what's hard about the early years of Christian history is all the papal propaganda because there are other stories out there about Valentinus where he administered Roman soldiers and do these secret Christian weddings and he tried to convert Claudius. And so scholars kind of debate like who the real Valentinus was or probably he was more a composite of multiple people. All of it to say the Catholic Church was just given a new meaning to this pagan holiday. Is there any solid documentation on this? No, there's not really until the Middle Ages. But that's when things get weird again because early scientists began noting the time in spring around mid-February when animals began to mate and somehow that became a sign as for you know why people should be doing the same thing. Oh my. So when we begin reading guys like Chaucer, who for the first time in his 1382 document Parliament of Haulus links Valentines and romance, um, that's why it gets fashionable for the European nobility to send love notes to one another to potential partners during bird breeding season. And then the wealthy would even hire some of these professional uh, poem composers to send letters to each other. And so that's kind of where it all begins. Still secular. Yes. Yeah. Shakespeare's the next famous guy who talks about it in Hamlet. So by then, what we know as Valentine's existed, and we all did it in school growing up, where you're exchanging these little love notes with your sweethearts. I actually still remember, by the way, <clears throat> I remember the first Valentine's I ever had. I grew up in like a kind of conservative Baptist home, and I go to first grade, and we didn't do it in kindergarten, but in first grade, the teacher said, it's Valentine's Day. And I'm like, what's Valentine's Day? I didn't even know. Mm -hmm. And then we were supposed to all bring a paper bag, and you put your name on your paper bag, and then under the big blackboard in the front of the school, <clears throat> you all lined up your paper bag, yep. and then you brought valentines and you put all the cards in totally. there you know and i still remember the girl's name was amber Aww. and she like became my crush because she was the first person who ever gave me one of those little hearts with the little messages yes. on it you know yes, totally. and i had never received anything like that i didn't know what to do with that those so. chalky hearts what were the they? chalky hearts totally. they're gross and then after like two days they get really hard right <laughs> and so anyway we're growing up, we're doing that. You have the notes and all that. And by the 19th century, there's a V-Day card industry now over a billion cards a year and like $18 billion on candy and flowers. Huge commercial holiday. Yes, like everything else, materialistic, which is why we've all experienced this big pushback where more and more people are doing Friendship Day, Single Awareness Day, or Galentines and all that good stuff. So obvious question, is there any redeeming value for Christians? Well, that moves us over into what I would call, and I'm going to call today a few cautions, because while there is the reality that we're always redeeming holidays as Christians. And we've talked about that with things like Halloween, where we take a secular celebration and we seek to live it out in a way that points glory to Christ. And we can definitely do that with Valentine, showing love to one another is a great thing. But that's where I think the cautions have to come in because we need to make sure we are in fact celebrating in a way that honors the Lord. And showcases true love towards one another. Yeah, and that would be my big caution number one for husbands and wives listening. And I won't dive deep because we just did two pods on the real meaning of marriage, but we need to remember that our romantic or sexual activity is simply a physical movement arousing erotic sensations that should always be based in our unconditional choice of the will to strive for our spouse's best. 
And we'll talk more about sanctified sex in an upcoming episode, but we have to remember that God meant sexual activity to be our expression or signature of a much deeper internal reality, a, a deeper internal covenant. Totally. Can you explain more why that's a caution? Because the pressure, everyone knows this, of Valentine's Day, whether it's a husband rushing to buy flowers and avoid your guy's hurt, wifey's hurt, or a wife feeling pressured to wear lingerie that night, can quickly, even for a Christian, just end up being a response to a cultural holiday instead of a true overflow from covenant reality. So how do we avoid that? Talk about it. <laughs> Talk about it. I feel, I feel like a broken record on this. You know, great intimacy is from the inside out, where two souls are aligned on what matters most. And then the physical activity is just an expression of that. So just like every other part of the marriage, sit down and discuss fide. You know, what expectations do you each have? What have you seen? Is your love only expressed on February 14th or is there a better way? Um, could you start a new tradition or maybe just fall in love with the 14th and do something, you know, fun and hot on the 14th? The point is be on the same page to elevate the other above yourself. And where both of you see Valentine's is just another external expression of that internal commitment. Does that include discussing intimacy? Absolutely. And I'll let you speak to the ladies here because I'm talking a lot. But great sex at it. night begins with loving foreplay in the morning. So, you know, great romantic interaction in the evening is something that actually should be, you know, internally and via communication happening all day. Meaning, talk about it. The work hours that hubby's putting in, the, the tiredness that you both are feeling, crying babies, illness, or I don't know, a lack of babysitters or late bedtimes. Um, and then make a plan. Restate your love to one another. Give a few compliments, make a few sexy promises, laugh, pinch each other, fire off a few emojis from work, you know, and have something to look forward to that you've agreed on together for Valentine's Day. The point is be a team. Shoot down the myth that it's only perfume and some chance encounter where feelings take over and the movie music swells and then you wake up next morning under the sheets naked. It's so much deeper than that. It's about teamwork and communication and selflessness and being what the Bible calls one flesh. Amen. May I say something to the younger ladies? Please do. I'm talking so much. <laughs> I love it. The freedom to enjoy romantic expression and relax usually gets easier with age, partly because... As we grow in the Lord, we get more comfortable with who he made us, both body and soul. And also because prayerfully, our husband has provided a safe greenhouse where we get to grow and feel safe. And practically, because we all get this, once those littles are out of diapers and have a consistent bedtime, there's mm. more time for enjoying those evenings with hubby. So good. And on that, for my brothers listening, I would add just as Brie mentioned, know what life stage you're in and even more importantly, what life stage your wife is in with you. Because typically the first couple of years of marriage, yes, there aren't kids around and romantic activity has a freedom to it, you know, some level of, of freedom. Then there's a season with littles where you'll need to be patient and selfless and work on developing home rhythms that give her enough downtime to even think about adult interaction. So Valentine's, just like any other day, won't always be what it was maybe in the years previous, but have hope because if you love her well, a foundation gets laid and in a couple of years, get this, she comes back around. Those kids are gone and it's interesting how so much of that attention poured out toward the kids starts coming back full circle uh, your way. That is so funny. She's back. <laughs> She's back. <laughs> hey, for good and bad. You know, that's the beauty of being 
one. And there's a second caution here. Not so much for marriage. This is more for the singles listening. And that is temptation. And we've seen this a thousand times where a young man or woman, often a woman committed to purity, ends up doing something on V-Day she wouldn't have done the rest of the year. And this is a profoundly strong temptation for dating couples where all year long boundaries are set. Then this one day, everyone's urging romance and a guy pulls out all the stops. The evening is later than usual. It's in spring and a young woman feels in quote, extra loved. And it's a recipe for the couple to do something they said they would never do and will forever regret. Mm. That's why I'm a huge advocate of churches offering a ministry on Valentine's Day, especially in the young adult ministry or college kids, where Christian couples can all commit to double dates, group outings, even holding each other accountable on their plans. That's the way to redeem a holiday. And I'd speak to the young ladies again. Find a group of gals, church friends, set up a girls night, group movie night. And even if you're dating someone, make it a group thing, which is a way of feeding the true you in Christ rather than tempting the flesh. And I love what our youth leaders are doing for the girls. They're doing a Galentine's, I think, on Valentine's Day. Galentine's. So awesome. I'm going to be into jingles for the rest (laughs) of our time together. I'd even say dating couples should talk about all this. You know, talk early with one another about your feelings, your expectations. And I'll be clear, if you're dating someone who does not respect or care about your desire for purity on Valentine's, that tells you everything you need to know. Mm-hmm. Warning lights should be blinking. Amen. Okay, let's go ahead and hit some applications. And we're just going to list these quick. I'm going to call them Breeze Best. So Breeze Best for blessing. Breeze what? Best for blessing your Valentine. No. I'm going to put it on you because if there's some gal out there and she's like, I wanted flowers and now he didn't bring me flowers, it's going to be your fault. Babe, seriously. <laughs> well, you want to change it? Yes. I'll, I get the hate mail. What you got? What's your best? Mm, Tony scheming escapes of sentiment. Ooh, smoke. <laughs> How about safer views on Valentine's or the one you studied mm. earlier year? Hacking Hallmark Holidays. I like that one. Hacking Hallmark. I, hacking Hallmark Holidays. Here we go. Number one. Idea number one. Celebrate Valentine's on another day. Like whenever your typical date night is, the week before or week after, just make that your Valentine's Day night and go enjoy a nice dinner at a favorite mm. restaurant. Avoid the crowds. I like that one. Yeah. Full disclosure, this is what we do. My sunflower and I, this is what we do because food is food. And if you can avoid crowds, high prices, have your favorite meal together. That's a win in my book and pocketbook. And there's no reason to adjust all the systems or babysitting just because the world says you should. Awesome. Idea number two, just stay home and cook together. Like send the kiddos to mom's house, order food, dessert, cuddle, watch a movie like the old days. It's amazing. And if you can ship the kids out ship. and well, <laughs> kick, if you can kick, no, if you can lovingly deliver the kids out and cuddle, how easy is it to feel young again? And I think the same is true. By the way, I know this is a little more investment uh, for hotels. Ask mom to take the kids for one night, just one night, and then do a hotel night. Something about dinner and the freedom of hotel, it just, it just makes you feel young again. Okay. Idea number three. So fun again. Pick one thing under $40 you each want to do. Then do it together. Like Aww. a manicure, or pedicure. Just walking through a store looking for a fun something to buy. All right. Man card on the table here. This is a good one. <laughs> I know some guys like, you're, you're, you you got to be kidding me. That sounds boring and I'm not going to sit with my wife in that pedicure chair. Okay. But by the way, try to keep a straight face when that lady touches your feet. And then, <laughs> all right. But even if you don't get your toes touched and you're just sitting there with her, you know, it means a lot to her. Then walk through Walmart or Target or whatever and just look for things to buy. And all Bree's saying is be friends, you know, be goofy. Look for things that would be fun together. A new blender. Sometimes that can be fun. Regular shopping or even for romantic stuff, boxers, laundry, KY, whatever. Just do it together as a team. Date again. And by the time you're driving home, there will be inevitably a spark. I love that you said blender because sometimes (laughs) in certain seasons, that's just as exciting. That's true. A 
$40 blender. Really? Can an interesting evening make. <laughs> Idea number four. So simple. Should we have parents pause here? Yes, parents, do this. Five-second break, we're going to give you, this one's a little PG-13, so we're going to give it a pause, then you listen first and decide if your kids are ready. So, five, four, three, two. Idea number four, just take a bath or shower together. That's pretty self-explanatory because it's something couples tend to enjoy in the early days but can fade over time. I like this one. And obviously, if there's couples listening and you're in the more seasoned stage of life, you have the ability to travel together, probably a little money and time so you can go on cruises and all that. But this is more for people that are still in the kind of heavy child um, season of life where it doesn't require you to go out. So if someone's listening with littles and there's no babysitting, it's a busy season, not a lot of privacy. Even the idea of dinner can be tough, to be honest, because they're just, everyone's crying and it's loud. There's just something intimate about locking the door, being alone, being clean, and, and just, anyway, you you get it. Yes. Idea number five is perfect. Write a short note clarifying your love, meaning write three things you love about each other and leave the note by the coffee maker or bathroom mirror. And I would say don't do text or email. That doesn't yes. work. Is that is that fair? Agreed. Right. There's, there's something extra special about a handwritten note. Studies have proved that a thousand times. It'll mean far more. And guys, this is 101. Do this at intervals anyway, not just when it's expected, not just when culture says to. If you surprise her with little reminders of your love, you'll be amazed at how she responds. So true. And ladies, the same. Our hubby may not want a surprise at work or flowers sent to the <laughs> no, office. No, do not do but that. But when he comes home to a clean house or a special dessert or a little coupon promise, seen neck rub and in quote more those acts of Mm. service mean a lot to him yeah that's good well that was a lot let's review valentine's is a secular holiday so as christians we want to redeem it to honor christ and to love others over ourselves so we must be careful about unfair expectations about romance that isn't flowing from true love and even worldly temptation to break our purity and in our marriages we can certainly enjoy fine dining and flowers but may also want to find more personal and intimate even cost-effective ways to celebrate one another including home cooking fun experiences and that away from the kids or even private times in unique ways. The big takeaway being it's our Our marriage, marriage, our our team, our our best best friendship. friendship. And we can express our love to one another all year long, how we want, where we want, and when we want. Because we're Christians, not because Hallmark says so. Hacking Hallmark holidays. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to love each other like you loved us, unconditionally, selflessly, and sacrificially. May this be our best Valentine's Day ever, not because we have to, but because we want to, for your glory and our spouse's good. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Date Nighters, thank you for clicking the review button. Message anytime on the gram. A special thanks to Aaron for producing, Mission Bible for hosting, and all of you for listening. Until next time, keep living for His glory and fighting for your family. A blender. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> oh,